everyone, and welcome to Generation the Podcast, the audio companion to the HBO Max original series, Generation. I'm Wembley Sewell, Editor-in-Chief of Them. And I am Gigi Good, a drag queen who almost won $100,000 one time on television. Today, we are talking to Max Saltarelli, who will get to the backstory between how I know Max, um, and he writes for the series. And we're also going to be talking with Haley Sanchez, who stars as Greta, who has become easily one of my like top favorite characters in this show. Plus, of course, we're talking to Zelda Barnes, creator of Generation as usual. Hey, Diva. (laughs) Before we get into all this discussion, let's talk about episode six. This episode takes us on the field trip that the GSA has been building up. You know, we were there when they were deciding where they're going to go. And this is the episode in which they go on that big, big pilgrimage to what is, I would say, one of the gay capitals of America, mm-hmm. San Francisco, maybe the world. Let's let's go. Let's let's think bigger. <laughs> okay. <Bold. laughs> and uh, the title of the episode is is Wheels on the Bussy. Yeah. The Wheels <laughs> on the Bussy. I like. I think I was almost half nervous to say it, but that is absolutely the title. <laughs> and the wheels indeed are going round and round and round. I think on this bus you see a lot transpire. Um, There's sexual tension. There's a lot of contemplation about identity. There's bickering Mm -hmm. between siblings. You're getting it. You're really getting it all. It really does come to what you could call a a crashing halt um, and a big cliffhanger at the end. But it's it's a it's oh we'll a, get to the cliffhanger. <laughs> oh, we will, we will. But it's a it's quite a loaded uh, episode, and and one uh, it was a ride that I was excited to be on, if you will. Yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed the episode. I love that we really get some personal time with Greta in this episode. So on that note, we are so excited <laughs> to have Haley Sanchez Hello. with us. Hey, girl. Um, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it is amazing to have you here. Thank Same with you, you Max. The pleasure I know is that ours. We're both so excited to be, again, going on this journey. It's not a field trip, but we're excited to be going on this uh, journey with with you both. All right. So as Gigi was saying, this episode starts to peel back a little bit of the layers of, you know, Greta's home life. I know we've seen a little bit with her aunt, a little bit, you know, with with her brother, but this kind of invites us into the dynamic with her mom a little bit right up front. Oh, what is that ugly thing? <laughs> Calm down, it's just a hat. Hey, Rita, maybe your rich friends at film club talk to their mothers that way, but you're not going to talk to me that way, okay? Not everyone gets to go to a good school and to go to special field trips. You could be cleaning houses or doing all kinds of work that you would hate. Sorry, mommy. I'm sorry to me, huh? I just miss you, and I want you to know that I love you. I love you, too. For most of the series so far, we've seen Greta in relationship to her aunt, but this is kind of the first time we really see Greta and her mom interfacing. I feel like there was a lot riding on this moment because I think, again, we've we've been anticipating to see what that dynamic was really like, and, you know, I'd, I'd love to know how it felt to finally bring that moment to life on screen. I think that it was important to like, like pre-establish what was going to like 
outcome of this relationship. And I think it was in the sense of like, there's kind of this huge difference between Anna and then also Sela. And you can see how Greta has been very naturally gravitating a little bit more towards being more open with Anna. And that's been really, you know, huge in in the first few episodes. And so now getting to see like why she is so gravitated towards her is really interesting. You know, Sela is such a character that like it's definitely a person it, in my head where I'm like, oh, I, I know who this mom is. Like as Haley, I know who this mom is. I've seen this mom. She's definitely like, take charge. I'm the boss. I'm going to take care of my my kids and I know what's best. And sometimes it comes from a place of like all of the experiences that they've been through and knowing, you know, how hard life can be and how hard life can hit you. So they want to try everything that they possibly can to protect their kids Sometimes it might come as like a bit overbearing um, and it's hard to let your kids grow if you close them off a little bit too much like that. So I feel like you're seeing this um, intensity from Sela. It opens up a new part of Greta, a new explanation, a new justification for a lot of the things that mm, she absolutely. does. So I think it's a really it's, it's a really important scene, I think, for people to to see in order for them to really understand who Greta is. Yeah, yeah, because I think for so much of so far, we've seen her begin to flourish and become begin to come out of her shell a little bit. But then I think when you see her in this Zoom, she almost immediately kind of, you know, go exactly, exactly. So I think, you know, we kind of get a glimpse into what might always be in the back of her mind as she moves forward and explores, you know, herself. Totally. And I'm I'm eager to see you know, where the path leads, because clearly there's a path that Greta's mother wants her to be on that Greta might not necessarily have any interest in. But um, Haley, tell us about reading for this character just in general. So when you found out about auditioning and you read this character, what specifically drew you to her? Or did they find you? How did it happen? How did this whole process Um, work? I mean... In addition to like um, me getting the audition out, I actually auditioned for something else and then got brought back for for this thing uh, via Carmen Cuba, who's um, amazing. Oh. And so I when I when I first read the sides, I was just kind of like, wow, this 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 character feels so authentic. You know, like I, I know who this person is, like a lot of the characters on the show, um, but specifically, you know, Greta character I feel like is even if you haven't been in Greta's shoes you know what Greta feels and that's one of the coolest parts about her is that is how relatable she is um, to anyone you know she's going through these feelings that um, are are universal and it's really awesome to get to play a role that it that makes people feel less alone you know (laughs) That's something really special. I really admire Zelda for creating such a such a cool and like human character. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean she's like you said, everyone knows her. Everyone has been friends with her at some point. I can't help but feel like there's similarities both you and this character have. You carry this character in a way that it's almost not even act like it's so real and it's just like so beautifully told that I can't help but 
imagine you're oh like this gosh. in real life as well. Um, I, <laughs> I actually, <clears throat> I feel like this is definitely, I, I am grabbing a little bit from my own life. Um, like definitely in the past, I've had this kind of shell of a character or like not, I, I guess I wouldn't more so it was like a protective uh, shell that I put on for sure in high school sometimes, but I don't feel like that's necessarily like who I was. I don't like, I definitely s- share the angst of Greta for <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> that angst is 100% there, you know? <laughs> also, I-, I am grabbing this from just people I know, you know, like this is a person that, that you know, they feel real because I'm just like, Oh, I know, I know this. I, I know who I can take from. And, and it's not just like, it's not just one person. It's like, it's such a specific person, but they're there and they exist and they're in our lives. Yeah. And I think that's totally evident. And I just have to say, like, in my own life, talking about the show, the thing that comes back time and time again in my group texts, I have the receipts, I'll pull them up as, oh my gosh, like Greta, like, I think Greta is one of my favorites. If I were going to hang out with someone, it would be Greta because she just gets it. And like one of the things that I think is really beautiful about the character that you play is that there's such a rich empathy to her. She is so sentient. I feel like when you get on screen, there's just an aura of emotion about you. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, what kind of place do you go to when you're bringing that that out um and then i guess as a follow-up you know zelda what are you thinking about when you're when you're writing um you know and helping to develop kind of that energy i feel like with greta when i wanted to develop this character in my head i'm like this is a person who has a lot of stuff going on inside she's a character that when you're not looking you can read her and you see this a little bit with chester you know chester clocks it really fast exactly you know because she feels like nobody's watching and then he grabs it and i wanted greta to be so in herself that literally she, that she when the eyes turn away she kind of like lets a piece of that kind of seep out and it's readable but it's almost a a reaction that comes out cuz it has to and so when i'm playing greta i want people to be able to read her when people aren't watching i really want people to to see that what's going on inside her head and i this is something that you you touched on right at the beginning it's this notion that greta has a lot going on Again, this is the first episode that we kind of get a a glimpse into all that that entails, not only just in the Zoom with her mother, but you get a sense of, you know, just how hard this has been in that interaction with the the man who is growing and selling fruits at the rest stop, pit stop, like Trump land kind of <laughs> place that uh, that everyone kind of gathers at. In this moment, which is a rare moment, we see Greta break off from the group and, you know, have an interaction completely of her own. But again, I think it's a really significant one um, that begins to paint a picture of more of the struggles that Greta has had in relation to dealing with, you know, her family's immigration issues. Chiquita, hey, you want to try some fruit? Why do you hate delicious fruit? Did a strawberry kill your father? <laughs> Eso, sonrisa bonita. No me gusta, pero gracias. Oh, es mexicana. Quien se quiere es francesa, cubana. Cubana? 
Chicana to the core, fool. <laughs> Lo siento mucho, perdóname. ¿De dónde eres? Yo soy de aquí. Pero mi mamá es de Guadalajara. Yo también. Pasé cuatro años en la universidad estudiando como vender fruta. <laughs> right now, I would, I would love to know what it feels like bringing that to screen and, and how you prepared for, you know, exploring those dynamics. Oh my gosh, when I first read this scene, I was like, this happens to me all of the time. <laughs> Literally, when you meet somebody that's from Mexico, the first thing that they ask you is, where are you from? With my mom, you know, she always gets asked this question and and she's such a social butterfly too. She'll like <laughs> automatically make friends with these people so fast. Yes. And, um, and, you know, it's something that I've gotten used to and I didn't really realize was like, you know, in my head, I, I never pointed out as anything like really special about my life. Like, oh, oh, this just happens, you yeah. know. And then once it was written down on paper, I was like, oh, my gosh, this happens. Like, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> this not only happens to me, but to so many other people. Yeah. So it was really very cool to get to bring that moment to life and have other people experience this thing that I was just like a normal part of my life. Specifically, I, I'm talking about the the time where Greta kind of gets this glimpse of some field yeah. workers. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't want that moment to be like a sad moment because but I don't think not, it was. No. It was an awareness moment, you know, and it's something that that for her, it's something she's always been aware of. And it's kind of like in this show, we get to capture that and see that. And then because this this moment is captured, everybody else also gets to see this, which is so cool. I thought it was a beautiful moment of, of connection. Definitely. We're talking about episode six of the HBO Max series Generation, and we are going to get into a lot more after a quick break. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. We're talking to Generation creator Zelda Barnes, series writer Max Saltarelli, and Haley Sanchez, who stars as Greta. I want to talk to Zelda and Max a little bit. When you were writing this character, how did you write this in a way that felt like an authentic story? Like, did you, was there any kind of place that you pulled from or what was important to you about making this character so specific, like we've been saying? Well, I, I will say that for Greta to me is one of the most, one of the characters I relate to most, just because I was like so many people closeted all the way through high school. And like, as you were saying, Haley, there's so much about Greta that you know what she's feeling, even though it's not the thing that she's saying. And when you are that age and you're closeted, there's this feeling of like, does everybody know what I'm thinking? Does everyone know what's on my mind? And for me, part of what Greta is going through in this story, in this episode is like this very relatable high school thing where like the entire stakes of your day are determined by like, did that person sit next to you on the bus for the trip or not? Yes. Or and totally. like, there's that thing Gosh. of like going to the movies with your friends and like you kind of have a thing for one of them and like then they get bumped over oh. and they're sitting two seats away and now it's just like <laughs> my world has 
ripped in half and oh I'm my in a place of devastation. <laughs> Simpler times. <laughs> and so for me, like part of writing this episode and thinking about Greta was just going back to those moments and being like, yeah, she didn't sit next to me. Therefore, like, I'm going to be in a in a mood for the next three hours. Like That is very real. <laughs> yeah, it's been so much fun to write just for a character who is so, like, timid in some ways, but also wants to be brave so that she can connect with this girl. Mm-hmm. And I also think that Greta is that person in high school who, like, if you could only look into the future, like, you would know that you were the coolest person Absolutely. and everyone else would yes. know it too. But right now, you're, <laughs> totally. like, still so shy and, like, you haven't fully had that experience yet that is going to let you blossom. And, like, so I think there's this element of Riley and also Chester where Greta hangs out with them and it's sort of like, I'm hanging with the cool kids and, like, if only they knew, like, uh, that that's really Greta. Well, I think Riley sees that, you know, even from when she is beginning to run over and she snaps that photo. I think that was Riley's moment of like being like, wow, this girl is so cool. But I have to talk about it because what you're saying, Max, like the dynamics on buses and like stuff like like where you're Mm -hmm. sharing AirPods or you're maybe not, I guess it was headphones for me dating myself. But (laughs) I don't know if this makes me sound like I'm 10 years old, but the handhold on the bus was like an earth shattering moment for me. I was just I am with you grinning ear to ear and it was just holding hands. And I, there was something so special about it because everyone else's relationships on the show to me seem like they kind of go zero to 100, but with Greta and Riley, it feels like they're really taking their time. And I think that there's, just something really beautiful to that slow, gentle growth and evolution. And I want to know what it felt like even just building to that scene from all of you, because again, it was it was so simple, but it was like earth shattering for me. My stomach is turning, like flipping and get butterflies thinking about it. Yeah, there have been so many little moments of building of Riley kind of noticing Greta in different ways and seeing how cool she is, but how she also kind of tries to hide that in a way. And there's also that moment in 105 when Riley and Chester are talking and Chester says like, oh, I bet she might surprise you about Greta. And Riley kind of like she she doesn't react much to that, but you can tell that that's something she's kind of thinking about. And it is true because I think Greta is a very surprising character in a lot of ways. And I think that all of these little moments are moments where Greta is kind of surprising Riley more and more just through like these little actions and these little moments where she's a lot braver than she seems. The handhold is something that should seem very juvenile, like it shouldn't be that big of a turning point. But no matter who you are, or where you're at or how much experience you've had, you still get giddy at the first handhold. Yeah. So that was very a really totally. I think, important thing to talk about. So um, but that it takes place on the bussy. So let's, let's go ahead the and jump into the bussy. Everybody take a seat. Dibs on the back. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> yes. Yeah, so tell us about filming on location, because this location was a little bit different. It was moving. Yeah. So all the shots <laughs> on the bus, this is I don't I still can't comprehend how exactly we pulled this off. But the buses actually were filmed on our lots um, at our stages. So 
the bus, we parked a bus in the middle of our massive parking lot and then put up green screens in front of like all the windows, basically. And we piled our entire cast into this bus on our lot, which was parked the whole time. It was not moving. Then every like 15, 20 minutes, everyone had to exit because of COVID protocol. And like they would like sanitize the bus and everyone get back on. So it was definitely a lot to film. It was it was a lot of work. But yeah, it was really it was really cool to watch that all come together. As far as the ostrich farm and the restaurant <laughs> that, they're, that they're at, uh, that was all filmed in this town called Acton in California. It's like an a little over an hour north of LA. It's sort of like a little bit deserty, a little chaparral-y, kind of like your stand-in for mm, like anywheresville, oh, California. There was there was a scene where uh, okay, just a, like side note, kind of like BTS. <laughs> um, there's this scene where I'm you know I'm giving the man water and saying you know it's it's really hot you know um, here's some water. Uh, it was not hot. <laughs> It was really cold. So it was cold. freezing. There was like ice on the ground. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. I put on like three or four jackets in between takes. <laughs> I just thought it was really funny. I wore long underwear that day. Oh my God. Look, Oscars, I don't have the authority to give everyone Oscars, but if I could, you would be getting them from me. Um, <laughs> I don't even know if that's relevant. Forget Emmys. Emmys. We went straight to Oscars. No, we're going we yeah. straight Look, to Oscars. There, there are no rules, no labels. This is generation. <laughs> yes. Anything is on the table. So yes, ma'am. call somebody. I don't know. I don't know the rules. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I want to talk more about this because I think one of the hardest things to do, especially when there's a big cast uh, in a confined space, we kind of saw this in the lockdown scene, is to kind of create comedy and bring out, you know, people's personalities, again, in a, in a kind of confined space. Like, where do you go? How do you build that? Like, what dynamics do we need to, like, really punch up? And Max, I would love to know how you approached that and and what you really wanted to drive home with a cast full of such big personalities. Totally. So, yeah, this was one of my favorite things about this episode was trying to make it funny and engaging while you're just trapped in this space. And it was a struggle at times because you don't want the episode to feel boring, and yet you want to capture the feeling of boringness. Because when you are that age, any age, and you're trapped in a car all day long, it's most likely not like the most thrilling experience of your life. And like there are at least long stretches where you're completely bored out of your mind. So we thought about like, what are those games that you play? Like, what are like the never have I ever questions that you would ask your friends? Like Mm -hmm. one of the ones that I, one of my like classics in high school that my friends and I would say is like, well, would you rather have sex with your boyfriend in your dad's body or your dad in your boyfriend's body? It's just what, (laughs) (laughs) and I think like, when you're there's also like adult supervision happening there and so i think like a lot of the conversations that the kids are having are sort of like testing the boundaries of like what's appropriate to say and like trying to be quiet but also like still exploring their sexuality and like trying to like feel like adults and i hope it was the road trip experience that we've all had before in california <laughs> <laughs> again i think i i do think that field trips are some of the like your 
biggest memories. So when you look back on, yeah. on high school, so I think even there's something in the quote unquote mundane that is still just so memorable. Like I had one of my um, first kisses on a field trip bus. Get so good, good memories. Good memories. On the bus. From where to where? Look, it, was, it was to go to a science fair. I really should not unpack it here. But, uh, again, again, good times. I found myself like also jamming out while watching this this episode the music mm-hmm. is just so good and again there's something about sharing the earbud and zoning out and watching the world go by but the soundtrack was incredible and i from everyone's perspective i just want to hear what music stands out to you the most and what the thinking is behind some of the the music that brings this all to life well i have to butt in and say that I very insistently wrote in the song Door by Caroline Polachek. Yes. I was about to comment on Door. (laughs) And I am so obsessed with Caroline Polachek. I think she's so awesome. Her music is beautiful. She is gorgeous. She's like an icon and like is like on the curve of stardom as we speak somewhere reaching the peak. Totally. And I put in that song because I feel like it captures this in a very poetic way, this feeling of like uh, the, the world opening up for you through knowing some other person. And like, to me, I was like, if I was a teenager, right now, of course the soundtrack, I'm dating myself now, the soundtrack to my angsty bus rides in high school would have been like, death cab for cutie and like <laughs> yeah. emo like indie rock but if i was a teenager today and i was a little cooler now than i was then it would be uh caroline polachek and all of this new like indie pop that's coming out mm-hmm. and we actually when we filmed that scene we listened to that song oh Just my so you know. gosh my heart <laughs> i'm too soft for this i am i am <laughs> and, and when you're a teenager and i not just when you're a teenager, I I can say from experience, like listening to music is like, this is now the movie of my life that I am the star of. And like, even in your angstiest moments, it's like, I've heard Zelda talk about like main character syndrome. And I think like, it's very that it's like, I am the main character, like music really takes you there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Truly. It's very empowering. (laughs) I was just going to say, am I like alone in thinking everyone feels like the main character of their own life? Yes, absolutely. I think it's really interesting. (laughs) I'm like, I think, (laughs) okay. I think everyone, no, I think everyone, I was saying yes, like agreeing with you. I think everyone definitely does. Oh, yeah. Um, But I mean, it's it's like, I think it's what I think is so interesting is that um, I've seen a lot more people calling each other out for it lately and being like, oh, you're acting like the main character, you're not the main character. But Everyone is, yeah, it's like, (laughs) fuck you. (laughs) Everyone is the main character of their own life, but also I think it's interesting how my friends and I kind of do this thing where we remind each other that, like, there are people who just are not thinking about you. And that's kind of an interesting dynamic that I've seen a lot with teenagers recently, too, is just, like, everyone, like, obviously you are the main character of your own life. You're the only perspective that you get to see, but... Recently, I've seen a lot of teenagers saying things to each other like you have to remember that like there are people out there who just most people will never think about you. And like that's also. okay. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. But I think I think that's interesting. It's like it's it's kind of can be humbling. humbling. It's definitely humbling. (laughs) But it's cool to remember how small we are. Mm -hmm. It's brutal, but it's necessary.
If I did have any words of wisdom, I think it would kind of be rooted in the episode's like cliffhanger ending. Um, and it would maybe be, um, Chester, watch your back. What are you doing? I feel like before we go, we have to talk about that cliffhanger. <laughs> Please, someone tell me, where is this Where is this ride going and do I want off of it? What's going on? So what we kind of talked about in the writer's room when we were crafting this whole <sighs> moment is just when you're in the car with a child and something happens that's like scary on the road, which happens a lot just because driving, especially growing up in L.A., driving yeah. is crazy. Um, you're just your instinct is to just like t- like grab them kind of. And so we we kind of wanted to just show Sam instantly like grabbing on to Chester to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself but then like without thinking about it like Chester kind of takes that as like a weird flirty moment of like physical touch means that he feels some kind of affection for me when really it's more of a just like Uh. protective moment Mm. without any spoilers if you could you know summarize what we have to look forward to what would you say just give us a couple words. Just a couple words. <laughs> um, <laughs> trying to think of the words. Death, devastation, no. romance, <laughs> sex, the end of the world, and the beginning of everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, by the way, Max and I met once because he played a stalker in a photo shoot of mine. Yes, oh it was gosh. pretty much the best day ever. I had to like it was a pretend great that it was a character. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, it was great. But regardless, <laughs> thank that. you for being here, Max. Lovely to see you again. It and was my Haley, pleasure. Thank you. thank you. Selfishly, I hope you know to see some more romance coming soon. <laughs> yeah. Thank you all so much. We will be here every week breaking down each episode with the show's creators, writers, and stars. It is going to be a wild, wild ride. Generation the Podcast is a production of HBO Max and iHeartRadio, hosted by us, Gigi Good, and Wembley Sewell. The podcast is produced and written by Phoebe Hunter, written and researched by Sierra Kaiser, and engineered, edited, and mixed by Matt Stillo. It's executive produced by Ethan Fixell. If you haven't already subscribed, rated, or reviewed Generation the Podcast, please do so on the iHeartRadio app, HBO Max, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, be sure to watch the series itself on HBO Max. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. 